where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening on the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to This <laughs> Is Happening. I'm one of your hosts, Nathan Streifel. And I'm Eric Morris. And um, we're so glad that you're listening, as always. Today, we're joined by a, a fabulously talented singer, songwriter, The Hound. Hi. Yes, The Hound. Who is also John Constantine. John Constantine name. as the Hound. <laughs> yeah, that works. So John has like in... my little TV intro where it's like John okay. Constantine. Like the Hound. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> so the Hound. Um, <laughs> uh, you have to. I have to share something with you. I recently discovered um, Orchid and Hound. Oh yeah. Um, the Orchid and the Hound. Yeah. Does he have that, the, wasn't it just called Orchid and Hound? It was Hound? Orchid and Hound, yeah. Yeah, I just discovered that through, you know, reading your little bio, yeah. getting prepared. And I last night, as I was preparing for this, and oh, I have been good. doing nothing but listening to Orchid and Hound. Oh, I love so maybe I should too. just join my band again. <laughs> <laughs> and no, because I and, but I've been I've been going through like this emotional like journey with it because I realized that it doesn't exist anymore. That you you I mean I, we never like put a nail in the coffin. So you're like yeah. Black Eyed Peas kind of. Yeah, coming we back live when two blocks away from each other. Oh, so is, he lives in L.A. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you listeners, maybe if you're not familiar exactly with John, I don't know why you wouldn't be, right. but um, you were previously in a duo yeah. called Orchid and Hound mm-hmm. with an. He was also your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Were I you? Mean, did you break up as a band when no, you broke up as we boyfriends? Met in high school. We then dated for two years, three years maybe. We moved up to SF and it like. The first month we lived there, we broke up, but we still, you know, as gay men do, lived together for like a year and a half. Sure, sure, sure. And um, I was doing open mics at the time, just me and my guitar, and Lawrence... Um, Lawrence's Orchid? Yeah, he was writing music, and I was like, he wrote this one, I forget what song it was. No, I remember. Uh, he wrote this song, and I was like, can I perform this? And I did. Um... And I, I think that was when I was like, why don't we just, like, be a band? Um, and you were already exes at this time. Yeah. But we were still... I mean, I don't know. We were exes, but, like, we dated in high school. So as we were becoming adults, it felt weird to call him an ex. Yeah, because like there had been more time. history to yeah. that kind of, and not necessarily... Yeah. But, yeah, we were in a band for a while. We did a lot of things that... I think people don't get a chance to like go to another country and play shows and South by Southwest and it was fun. It was definitely I'm only 31 but it is so weird because at the time there's there weren't very many gay no performers. And there still aren't. A there ton. still aren't, but now I almost feel like shit. I wish I saved my homosexuality to like come out later because it seems like it could almost help you now whereas yes. like at the time I remember at South by Southwest, we we got so many weird looks from people. Like, it was not... Whoa. It was... I mean, it was, what, 2000? It was... It just so much has happened in the last, like, eight years. Oh, everything's for, been changing. Everything. Yeah. But I think, well, that's actually one of the... And we were pretty gay. We were very, like... People didn't know how to classify us because we weren't, 
like it was very good. it wasn't like comedy and it no. wasn't cabaret it was pretty old school but it was pretty theatrical yeah oh totally i mean we we met at an arts high school in an opera class so like the music for sure sounds like where we came from yeah now, where did orchid and hound come from did you, I'm you sure he would fight me on, on this, but I feel like... Well, when we get hit on the pod, we'll get excited. <laughs> um, I think it. one day we were just, like, honestly coming up with words that sounded good together. Yeah, I remember we had this whole list. Um, and for some reason, it's kind of like writing a song. Like, sometimes you choose something and it just feels forced... And then when you come up with this idea, it's like, oh, that idea was always there. It was just sort of like waiting to be picked up. And when we yeah. when we when you saw said Orchid and Hound, it just sort of like, like that's it. It made sense. And at the time, we weren't really even identifying with those roles. I guess it wasn't even like he was Orchid. And yeah, and it just sort of it really yeah. like we both like leaned into it, and he grew out his hair and became super gender bendy and, and I guess I grew out a beard and became a little more rough. I don't know. And we both like naturally sort of became those and personifications. That's, and that's how you took on the hound. Well, and then when I decided, I wasn't even planning on doing a solo thing, but I guess that was sort of like my quarter life crisis a little bit. Quarter life, I like that. Mixed with I mean, to be honest, my whole life's a crisis, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I think, yeah, there were other things that happened that like, I just wanted to try the solo thing. Um, and to be honest, John Constantine is already like a pop culture thing. It's, it's like a comic book character. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so, a movie. yeah. So using yeah. my name is sort of like, not, not going to happen. Well, the Hound is also a character in Game of Thrones. So, and that's the thing, is that I wasn't aware of this before, and I'm surprised HBO hasn't come for me for, like, the social network handles, because I have some oh, of them. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I wasn't George aware of Martin probably would so, be able to have some. I mean, he, that character for sure comes up for, like, the first few pages, but then, but then I'm there. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I don't. I also felt uh, like page four on Google. It's <laughs> like because I was in that band for like my formative artistic years. Yeah. I, I just it felt natural to keep using it. Mm. I think it's great. It's probably easier it's for you than it is for the orchid. Yeah, um, he he's doing solo stuff, but he doesn't well, use it. Well, you were the you were really the front man of Orchid and Hound. I mean, you're the, you're the yeah, lead singer. I, I was the lead singer. And the, you're Obviously. the focus. <laughs> you were the focus of most of the videos. I mean, he's in them too, sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's mainly... Yeah, you kind of took on that. It's mainly focused on you. So when the Hound performs as a solo artist, like, people that were fans of Orchid and Hound have something to, to la- latch yeah. onto. You. Yeah, totally. Have Whereas, you ever been in Starbucks and have somebody oh my god, the hound from Walking and Hound? No, just that time I was telling you. Okay, these are the <laughs> times I've been called out. Uh, at Precinct, when someone called me the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's usually Grinder or Scruff. Mm. And oh, I honestly, I save all the, like a fucking nerd, I save the screen caps because, I, I mean, no shame. It makes me feel a little bit like, wow, people actually listen. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. it's sort of still, like, 
small world, small gay world, definitely my demographic. Um, the best one was actually when I was in Orchid and Hound living in SF. My friend who was in one of our music videos as a guy that I was watching, he, w- he played a guy jerking off in his apartment while I was watching I through the window. I saw that one. He, sent, he got a message on Grindr saying, are you the guy in the Orchid and Hound music video? And that was the time that I was like, holy shit. They're recognizing the people in our music video. Like yeah, I felt totally. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're you. my video boy now. You're, my, you're the guy that masturbates in the Orchid and Hound video. That's, that's where you peaked. Yeah, yeah. Probably it's all been downhill yeah. for that guy. Yeah. Well, no. You know, he's he's now an actor. It's funny. All those people. We all moved to LA. Like all the San this, Francisco crew. There was a huge exodus. Yeah. I mean, there's still, SF is still really lovely, but um, there was a huge exodus for sure. It's too expensive. You'll lose everything if you yeah, stay in yeah. San Francisco. That's one well, of your, that was, I... That's one of your lyrics. I was... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you that stay. Was, yeah. We're so fucking I'm dramatic. I'm telling you, I... We are so man. dramatic. We, like, we were so dramatic about our move. Honestly, though, leaving SF was like the hardest relationship I've ever But you're left. from LA, right? Yeah, but I moved there when I was 18. I left when I was 27. Was LA different when you came back? Oh, for sure. Or did it feel like... And oh I moved God, right to downtown, home. so when I grew up in LA, downtown wasn't a place you lived. That wasn't an right. option. That's yeah. true. Actually, when I was in high school, have you guys heard of the brewery? It's like this art... Mm-mm colony commune it's it's so. right outside of downtown you've probably seen the little brewery um logo or something i don't i don't know what you call it what what's in a, a tower yeah it puts out smoke i don't know anyways oh a chimney yeah but w- anytime we drove by it in high school there was like it was like sort of a legend like oh artists live in these lofts oh. over here and you always like heard about it now that i'm an adult living downtown i'm like yeah it's not as it's not as crazy as, as you make it up as it was in high school but now it's more common i think back then it was no, you really had to be a really, West. you really had to be a pioneer to yeah. live downtown, or, For or sure. certainly even outside of downtown. Yeah. Um, I remember but now I, it's totally different. I was I worked down there on and off for for many years, starting in like '98. And, you know, there were people starting to move down there, but, you know, there were no, there were no supermarkets, there was no, like, you really, and the thing that was crazy about it, though, is it's never been cheap. Like, like, I guess still cheaper than SF. You can find, oh, well, LA LA in general is cheaper. Were you just tired of SF? Yeah. Actually, it was, it was visiting downtown that inspired me to move, Hmm. because it was, I could see myself living there. Right. I don't know. I feel like when you live in San Francisco or maybe New York for longer than five years, you you think it's the best place on earth and and everywhere else sucks, especially LA. You know, you just yeah. like you just never imagine the yourself LA's living there. Sideline hate is real. Yeah, but yeah. then it's one sided though because everyone in SF or I mean everyone in LA like loves San Francisco. Um, when I visited at, or downtown, it was like I could walk around. I didn't need a car. Right. You could have a sort of lifestyle that is yeah. a little more metropolitan. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, when I moved to downtown, like within the first year, we got a Phil's Coffee, which is an SF brand, and a Whole Foods. So I was like, 
I took San Francisco with me. Am I gentrification? Me? Did I bring this? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I guess the gays do sort of. The gays. The gays. It really is kind of like a a new, very hip, gay area. Yeah. Also, within the first year, three gay bars opened within a two-block radius of me, and now I like work with all of them and redline. we started DTLA proud it's it's been I, I I'm so happy I moved when I did because it was really the perfect were you time. involved in starting DTLA probably? I didn't I didn't start it but um I did work with them on the first go around and do it every year yeah. yeah I've been to all two of them so far I plan on going to the third and uh, so this, August, this year so. it's three days it's so good the yeah. first one was good I was like this is so cool a nice um, like alternative to WeHo Pride yeah. and, and honestly like, working with them it is it is so incredible what like 10 people get I mean it, it's that it is crazy that 10 people do that yeah. last year yeah, sometimes it feels like that last year felt <laughs> like light years ahead of even the first year I was like oh my god this is a yeah. full-fledged like pride party yeah. it's I'm so hoping, fun I'm hoping I'm really hoping that it goes on for a really long time and we're also planning a community center a DTLA proud community center that because mm. we don't really have a center downtown yeah, or on the absolutely. east side you know um, and I just kind of imagine like I really hope that when I'm 60 I can look back and all these things are still happening and yeah. be like I remember it's going like to be the new Going vibe. to the community meetings, just talking about these ideas, and now it's going to be they the blew this. They blew the um, festival out outside of the street last year, and I thought that was so yeah. helpful and added all those food trucks. Yeah. It made it a lot... It's going to be bigger this year. How, how is it going to be this year? Well, this year it's also three days. Right. There's Friday, like a Friday thing. Yeah, Friday is going to be for... Um, when is it? Actually, it might have already happened. It's happened in the past. Yeah. Oh, it, it was about so the, fun. It was so <laughs> great. Oh my god, did you guys come to my performance? Yes. Night? Oh my god, oh, you so killed it at DTLA Pride. I can't believe that. <laughs> well, so but good. when is it though? It's, it's August twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. Okay. Well, I'll be in town. I'll, I'm gonna go on Sunday for sure. But we have to go Saturday to see. I me. work. Where are you performing? Uh, there's only one stage. Oh, it's at the stage. Yeah. And you'll be square. doing your, your new... He's performing the at the main stage. The main stage, yeah. I'm, I'm doing new music. It's going to be fun. You I'm excited? Most, I'm most excited to perform um, someone else's song. Uh, Hyper Ballad, but it's just... It's such a special song to me. Who and wrote that? Bjork. And oh, okay. I just, like... It, it's just going to be a fucking dream to sing it to a big group of people I just, I'm just so excited about it. I've that. also heard you, you know another cover you did My Man which is yeah I mean I guess great. I say it's a Barbara cover but a lot of people have done it yeah I mean she did it because Fanny Bryce did yeah. it um, that's why it's you know so like I, the, I felt like I couldn't do Billy's version it's 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 real dark and even though I get super dark um, I did leave out you know the first half of the song you are um <laughs> You, there is something very <laughs> joyful about your performances. Like I, like some of it reminded me a little bit of, of Rufus Wainwright, but it's much like happier. Me and Lawrence, for sure. Like I think we fell in love while bonding over Rufus. But Wainwright. you're less depressed than he is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or or at least your music isn't as infused with depression yeah. as his is. I, mean, I think, a, I, think lyrically, I think lyrically sometimes 
it's there, but especially with Orchid and Hound, we were really good at wrapping up some really super dark lyrics with like an upbeat melody. So you don't really realize what you're yeah. listening to. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, I mean, that song like, about drinking is a little bit of a downer, but um, yeah. But what's that called again? The drinking song. The drinking song. Yeah. The dichotomy is good though. Yeah. No, we had a good time, and I, I sort of carry it through to the hound. The hound. The stuff I do now is a lot more. I mean, to be honest, as much as I loved doing music with Orchid and Hound, is definitely like where I came from in terms of yeah. training and everything. I always wanted to be doing these like club gigs and like poppier stuff. Making it more oh, pop. this is gonna lend itself. Yeah. It's Girl, great. waking me up. I was like jamming out to that. I was dancing around wait. the kitchen a minute ago. I cannot that wait to wake up to your voice. <laughs> with that oh my song. god, I didn't even think of that. I oh could like it is gonna be my yo, so it is going to be my alarm and the, that song. Um, actually, th- that song writing that song made me feel. Normally, I'm full of self doubt mm-hmm. but I think as a musician or I think any artist like uh, editing yourself is yeah. something you really have to learn and I feel like makes a big difference in terms of uh, I don't know just makes a big difference and that song I didn't settle like there were probably five or six different choruses before mm. the one you heard and right. it just never like the parts of the songs that got better sh- shined a light on parts that weren't as strong and I just like I think in the past I would be like I would attach myself to it and I would be like oh people will like it people care enough well the truth is people don't give a shit so if Mm. you yourself have a little bit of doubt like you might not really write it unless I mean look I do write music for myself but I want people to enjoy it and especially now it's just so saturated like you you have to. You can't really have this moment where it's like this is all right. Like it has to be good. Yeah. It looks like you somehow though you you've gotten some resources behind what you do. Your videos are always like they look like they're well shot. Well, um, I, I think I've edited almost every single music video of mine. Really? They look fantastic. They they look really good. I mean, you've had like real DPs. It seems. You know, no. someone that knows what they're doing. Really? Can't Let You Go, that was the only time we had um, a DP. But I still edited it myself. Every other video, we got like a shot or something. It looks like the shot on one of them. Are you thinking of, um, it was in San Francisco? Maybe. Uh, it's, um, I think I know what you're talking about. And there's this elevator in in oh. Union Square that we went to and okay. just rode it up and down a few times and just like sh- shot it like this. Um, what so kind of seemed... camera? Oh. Um, Do you have a camera? Yeah, I have a DSLR. I think that was just like on a Canon. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm glad you think I have resources. It, your stuff <laughs> goes really... Well, you clearly have internal resources. Yeah. It just, it's, yeah. it, it, oh, I have internal resources. <laughs> <laughs> It's cavernous internal And the recording quality, you know, this like the production quality of your stuff is yeah. really good. And that, you know, I went to school for studio engineering, so that's also all me. Oh, that's great. I feel like now is not a bad time to play a little snippet of a song that sure. you have out called yeah. Can't Let You Go. We just talked about the video. But let's uh, let's so that people know what we're talking about. 
those that are not, you know, the hound. There's like ten people in the already. Um, <laughs> There's at least twenty. So here we go. No more trying. No more reasons to fight it. No more hiding. Can't keep lying to myself. from the emotions to it mm-hmm. now that yeah. um, that's the thing with songwriting did you that better... come from something really wrenching yeah mm-hmm. and that was sort of the catalyst for uh, like leaving my yeah it was a lot uh, but that's the thing about songwriting it's like when you finish a song you have to be like can I revisit this emotion like every night uh, if I have yeah. to yeah. <laughs> or what's totally. it gonna feel like but now it's I'm a little now. more detached yeah. yeah. So now it's more fun. Um, is this your first solo song? Yeah. This was his debut single. And I now. didn't really even intend to release it. It was just like I was going through a lot of shit. And I wrote it. And I was just like, it was like I said earlier, I was not full of self-doubt. I was like, you know, I think this is, I think this is good. As the kids say, I was like, I think this is a bop. It's a bop. I was bopping. I'm bopping. And so I sort of I like shared it with friends, and I was like, "This is good, right?" I'm not just like, no, it's really good. Telling myself that every artist fears that everyone else is just like, "Oh my man, John really sucks," but no one tells you. Yeah. John thinks he can be a pop. Wow! Did you hear that song he released? (laughs) Oh, I deal with that. I tell myself, I'm like. Okay, I'm just gonna do this anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's like, I think there's value in both, like releasing stuff. We were talking about this and not like thinking about it, you know? But then there's also, like, with the music I've released as a solo artist, I'm a lot more confident in. So if people say something negative about it, it doesn't really affect me that much because I believe in it. Whereas, and that's not everything with Orkin and Hound, I don't wanna throw my entire music under the bus but there were a few things that I as you do in a band you compromise so I wasn't like fully 100% behind so if someone said something I'd be really like oh it makes it speaks to that part of me I know I know know. but this stuff I'm like you know I think this is fucking good and if someone doesn't like it whatever do you produce everything yourself do you work with a producer no it's all it's all you everything you hear on my tracks are written by me, produced by me, all the sound. And performed by, oh, it's like Prince. Yeah. I've I've tried. I've tried. I just, I think it's, I just like being in control. Or I just haven't found that, 
collaborator person yeah mm-hmm. and also you know i was or in a band with, for so long so like i kind yeah. of like even as a solo artist i remember when i released that there were a few people that were like we should work together and it's not that i don't want to do that it's just i'm enjoying not yeah. having anyone to sort of like answer right. to yeah and i were... share music with friends i have like my own focus group mm-hmm. i guess of people that will like be honest with me and not just be yes men but they're still not in my band, so I still get, you know, right. a word. I mean, as a duo, you ha- everything had to be agreed yeah. upon. Shit, I can't. And I think it's worse when it's two people, because there's never, like, a tiebreaker. You, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always, like, so very like, rarely uh, did we ever, like, fully agree on everything. Shit, sometimes I feel like it was line after line of songs that was just like, what about this word? You don't like this word. Mm. But, you know, to be honest, Lawrence really... Like, I have this on my notes on my phone. I have all the titles of um, the songs that are going on my album. And he sort of got me into this where, say you say love in every song. Like, he was very aware of that. And so I have this list on my phone with little, like, characters of how many times, like, this song says love. So I know that, like, I don't want to write another song that uses the word can't or love. Because then you're sort of only singing about, like, one thing. One thing. Um, and as much as I hated it when he would do that to now me in our band, I totally that. use it. Um, yeah, and, and I think it helps. It makes your music more well-rounded. You sing about... Because some things are just too easy to write about. And you come up with better ideas when you force yourself to maybe sing When you songwrite, do you play any instruments with it? Or do you start with lyrics? Or do you have a melody? Um, I the only instrument I'm I'm good at is guitar, so a lot mm-hmm. of times it starts that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's a track I've produced. Gotcha. And you're like, this needs lyrics and yeah. a melody, and yeah. so you can play that onto the yeah. track. So when you play live now as the Hound, you just like will have a backing track and then yeah, you sing over or like it. a DJ, yeah. And you don't like play an instrument while you're singing. No. Yeah. I've never really. People have wanted me to play guitar live. I just not interested. Don't feel confident in it, and I think to a like non-guitar player, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, you know, the pop stars that I do see play guitar, I'm like, like oh, Madonna. I'm I can <laughs> yeah, do that. It took Madonna thirty years to that. play guitar, however long. She didn't do it well. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I don't know. I like being. Um, like you said before, I like being a frontman. I don't want like anything blocking me. I really this like music any... lends itself. Like that would be really different if you were playing guitar. That would be maybe like, you know, um, the Hound two point oh. Yeah, that know, would like, be the Hound unplugged. I mean, my man is just me and my guitar. But okay, um, I don't, I don't know if See I would do that. Like, if I that. well, if I did it live, I would want a guitar player. Well, when you go on tour for your album, you'll have to do it live. Right, I would just bring a guitar player because there are a few tracks on my album. And yeah. have you have you all always been self released, or what? Did the Hound, did Orchid and Hound have a record label behind them? No, we. I was working at One Little Indian Records at the time, which is a small indie. So we had some resources, but uh, was that know. the showcase you did in South yeah. by Southwest? Okay. Yeah, that job honestly, because York was on that label. I was living in San Francisco, as I've said a bazillion times, and I honestly, I responded to a Craigslist ad. I was like, sick of my, for a job. It was an internship at a record label, that's all it said. 
and I got into the office and I was like, oh my god, there are Bjork posters everywhere. And then I saw the logo and it was one little Indian. And as a teenager, like all the Bjork DVDs, like I was very familiar with that record label and it just kind of, that record label, the North American leg of it, it was really just me and the president. Like that was wow. just, and I was, what an opportunity. Oh my God. Like, I was 23. Everything. Yeah. And, and it was also really hard because the label closed and it was one of those, like, Ooh. I can't imagine and this happens. This used to happen a lot more. I feel like those people are just gone now. But people lost like 30-year careers in right. that kind of situation. And I only lost four years. But it was still pretty traumatizing because as like someone that studied music their whole life, went to college for it, like that was my dream job. And to have it end was like yeah, the biggest, but kind of the best realization of like, oh shit, life doesn't owe you anything. Like... Like you're gonna, no, no, you're gonna, no. you're gonna fail a lot, and to not put so much weight into one particular thing, or not even identify. I think the problem is like identifying with anything too much because things change. So then suddenly you're like, who the fuck am I if I'm not? Yeah. This. Well, and what you're doing is very entrepreneurial, I think, and so I, th- I think you learn a lot by, like watching a business fail you know and yeah. um because like you weren't responsible for 10 no. Indians no. going under but but you but when you watch something like that happen you learn a lot you know totally and and it that was the moment that i was like oh i don't trust any record deal yeah mm. i mean not to say i wouldn't sign anything but i think uh Unlike acting, you still get paid even if, like, the show flops or the pilot's not picked up. You, like, Mm -hmm. still get a check. With music, a record deal is basically a credit card with a horrible interest rate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I I wasn't really aware of that before. But, you know, we live in a world where, like, exposure is valued more. So, I can see why people will sign you know, all their stuff away for that money. Right. I, but a lot of the times I, f- I feel like, you know, a record label will keep you from releasing music. Oh, like, most of the I time. Mean, that's... I think now the best thing for a musician is to, and shit, they don't even, they won't pay attention to you now if you don't already have a career. So the best place to put yourself in is like, look, I'm already making money. Right. You want to work with me versus like, Yes. I don't even know if artist development exists anymore. It's like you kind of have to like be developed. Hardly, yeah. Hardly. Yeah. Well, you've accomplished a lot on your own. You know, I mean, those three albums. There's three albums with Orchid and Hound, yeah. and and now putting out your initial um, first one. I mean, you, you just you didn't wait for anyone to like say like, hey, we want to pay you to do this. You just did no. it. Um, yeah. When you say that, like having a record deal is like having a credit card with a really horrible interest rate what what do you mean well it's not free money they charge you so, for the recording so you don't so it's called recouping so like they give you all this money so you make an album like, if your album doesn't make all of that money any you money you make still goes into paying that off so like you don't really start seeing money until you've like paid off all so of if you money. get $50,000 to make an album you better make $50,000 yeah. back on that album otherwise totally. you yep. have to what find a way to pay them back or they 
No, but anytime you make money off of it, they automatically keep it. Yeah. So it's sort of like you could go on tour, you could do all this, but you're not going to see that much money if you're not recouping. Right. I mean, there are different types of deals, but that's basically the And then do they keep copyright laws on your songs? Well, I mean, if you're on a record label, like, you can, you, there are different types of, like, you can be a publisher. A lot of musicians have that set up for themselves, but they still own a little bit of it. Right. That makes sense. I didn't really know how that worked. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially kids, it seems like now being in music is like the thing to get famous. I feel like that's what kids like. Sure, yeah. Think. I mean, I only say that I guess because it seems like in pictures. every field, <laughs> like someone ends up releasing a single. Yes. Um, and if you do it yourself, it's fine. But I don't, I think when people think of like record deals, yeah, they don't think of that part or like mm-hmm. even being on the voice you know that 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 contract is also really intense i don't know if it's the same now but i i read it five six years ago right. and like they also own a percentage of things you've done like five years before the show because yeah. they sort of figure we got you famous you're going to be making money off of the stuff you've released before so we want a piece of that too. That's crazy. Same with American Idol and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And I guess it you know, works out for some people. It does. I would not say a lot though. I mean, there is only one Kelly Clarkson and one Carrie Underwood, you know, and that show yeah, is on exactly for like right. I mean, crazy amounts can of you seasons. Name, who can you name from the last five seasons of, of um, American, American Idol? Idol? No one. I can't name anyone. I think The Voice is even worse. It's, um, I can't name which is weird because I actually think The Voice, at least it's not just all about like belting and runs like I feel like they feature some unique voices yeah, yeah. but um and but the voice is so weird. weird yeah weird. that's the voice is weird to me because they also release a lot of the covers they do and it just seems like oh, this is all just part of the machine like all these labels get all this money from all these people recording covers of these songs none of them ever get their own careers right but you do and get then the next season sometimes starts. it works yeah. out for people I mean, the, the the focus of all of the marketing of the voice is on the judges you know? yeah it's so you, you and they they don't seem there's no promotional push yeah. towards those winners or or any contestants but kelly I mean, clarkson I, felt so special because she was like the winner she's the only person i ever even like Called in for. I remember actually oh, I calling, calling in, in for, her. Yeah, for her. So yeah, I was calling in for too. I loved her on yeah. that show. And look, she, she just got out of that contract. This last album is the first time she's released something out of that contract. Are you kidding? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So were you oh, planning on auditioning for The Voice? You considering? Is that where you had looked at the? Or were you looking yeah. at it from the from the? Re- I was working label. at I was working at the label. I remember that's how I saw it at the time. But I'd always thought about it. And to be honest, all of that aside, I don't think I could handle the the the, the crush of like your dreams on TV. I, I think I'm really sensitive, and I just I don't know if I would bounce back from that. Like, God forbid, I say something weird, and then they mm. put like some kind of crazy music behind me talking. Like I. Yes. I just, I just cannot even, can't imagine it. it and it's weird me. to put your art in a com- competitive situation. Yeah, I'm, I am competitive, but I think for those, sh- I'd be more interested in like a songwriting show. It's just less yeah. exciting, you yeah. know. I, I think singing is great. 
um, it's a talent, but sometimes it's also just like God given and, and it's just easier for certain people to do yes. some things than it is for others. So yes. I don't know if it makes that person any better, you know, it's just mm-hmm. is. Um, and, and I, I really believe that anyone could be a good singer if they had the opportunity to really study and practice. I mean, everyone has a voice. Yeah. It's just no. Like, well, okay. Not everyone can I sing. think everyone so can learn how to sing. Okay, for sure. Sing. Yeah, but tone deaf is not a real thing. I, I, I think, okay, I feel like even that you can mm. maybe get better at. To me, it's like delivering. Like, there are some great singers that still can't tell a story for me. I'm like, you sound pretty, but I don't feel it. Like Adele's the perfect combination of both. She yes. has a great voice and then can tell a story. But there are so many great singers. I'd prefer a better storyteller than a singer. Like I think it's about storytelling as well. Because you could use your voice, if you know how to use your voice how it is, you don't have to be the best singer, but you can tell a really good story. Mm-hmm. I'm sold. Oh yeah, I mean look at Leonard Cohen. I think do you think like Leonard Cohen I think about this with York too like would those people break in today's market well so different I mean you know like um, Leonard Cohen especially yeah maybe not I don't know Um, I mean half of his songs people just know like the covers yeah (laughs) or at least Hallelujah I think that I'm trying to think about people nowadays who have made there, themselves there. I mean, there were record yeah. labels had so much more power then, and radio, and like, and you know, if you if you, the right team got behind yeah. you, you were gonna make it. Yeah. Now it's so wide open. So you know, like there is pop radio, but like I, I don't ever listen. I to think that. the equivalent now is getting on a, a Spotify editorial playlist. Mm. Like, not just one that... I mean, getting on yeah. one that Spotify users make is great, but the other ones are... That's basically... I mean, getting on one of their big ones, like the new music release Friday or whatever, that alone can get you, like, 100,000 plays on a song. Yeah. Right. And just skyrocket um, it in a certain And way. it's weird with that because that is not as... It's, pre, it's a, a lot more secretive. Like, who makes the list? You really have to be kind of in with that circle. Do you do you listen to uh, Jason Bentley um, yeah. Morning Becomes Eclectic on, yeah. on NPR? I listened to that when it was Nick Hardcore. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I feel like he would have been a fan of Orchid and Hound. Maybe. But... I feel like I probably sent it to him. Or maybe I sent it to Nick Hardcore because actually the president of One Little Indian is Celia Hirschman or was Celia Hirschman. Her mom ran KCRW. Oh, yeah. The one that retired. Actually, it was kind of crazy because Celia had a show every Wednesday called, um, fuck. Uh, Oh, my God. On the Beat. It was called On the Beat with Celia Hirschman. And I used to listen to it in high school. And then I got to be in the room when she recorded it. Um, And it was like a weekly podcast about the music industry. You were so made for that job. Your interview must have been like off the charts because you knew all these things. Well, no, well, it was her show. It's just like, it was weird. That that came from 10 Little Indian. One Little Indian. One Little Indian. Yeah, well, I wasn't on the show. No, I I just got to work with her on it. But it's weird, the stuff that we were talking about. I remember one episode being like, is streaming going to be a thing? 
basically. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, that there's, was no fuck, there's no way. I, in my head, I was like, there's no way people are going to stream like, people everything. How could they stream people everything? People want to own it. People, yeah. No, no, and that's it. I mean, like, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing tangible yeah. in music anymore. You don't have, like, I get, of course, they still make CDs, but who, who can even play a CD now? My computer doesn't even have a My, I know, this doesn't have yeah. a thing. It's so annoying. But um, uh, yeah. It's the same with videos, too. It's the same with film. Yeah, DVD. Nobody owns it. Well, some people own Blu-rays, but nobody I know. I mean, I, do have, I have a DVD player, but it doesn't really... I have work. one Blu-ray. I think it's yeah. Jurassic Park. So it's totally intangible. And I think it, uh, it definitely makes it harder for artists to make money. Um, yeah, you get a tiny fraction. Yeah, it's, it's really tiny. It's it's really tiny. Um, How tiny is it? Soup's tiny. <laughs> uh, I forget the actual. It's definitely like point zero zero. Yeah, it's like half. It's like a a point oh one percent of a yeah. penny. Um, fraction. Although, and, and you know, this is sort of like shit. What are? It's like a reflection of just the economy in general. It still works out if you get five hundred thousand plays. That still ends up being a decent amount of money. Right. But for like the middle class musicians, like the working musicians, it's still really hard. You know, you still have to get a lot of plays for it to sort of make sense. I mean, it's possible. There's a lot of people that yeah. break through that. Um, well, but, about, you know, about, also 50 years ago, it was probably hard to be a middle-class musician because you had no way... I don't know. You know? Like, there were studio musicians, and that world still oh, exists. It's just, like, super small. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that people are, like, recording a lot themselves. and Radio right. is so huge, you know, and you got decent money for getting played a lot on the radio. And then... And that led to... The only way you are going to hear it, if you wanted to hear it, was you have to go buy the album. You right, know. so it guaranteed the sales and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like and that and Wait. that's a very. Like, I'm not even releasing my album in a physical format. Yeah, why would you? It's so much money. You have, I have to pay. pay you have to pay for that. And, you know, if I see a demand, I'll, I might make like a vinyl. Sure. Or I'd probably do a cassette over a CD only be only for the sort of. The you should make a crop top. The only, I'll, I'll buy a crop top. Oh, there will be crop face. tops for sure. Shirts are easy because that's like print on demand and you don't have to buy yeah, like yeah. 500 of them. Right. Okay. right. The, the only reason to have something like that is to sell it at your shows. Yeah, but even yeah. now, I would, I've seen people like um, sell, it's basically like a download code. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've bought that. I mean, I, I, yeah. That's so weird. That is weird. Here, buy this code. <laughs> but I, sometimes, especially with club Which gigs, I think I've never once actually used. Yeah, like, I mean, like, at I a club, sometimes you. it'll make the person like buy it more because they don't want to carry around this thing all night. Right. So they'll of course buy like something that they could just put in their pocket. Yeah. But then also you wouldn't even have to because it's available online, so you could just go look it up on your phone and buy it. I'd rather be like. Do you have a Spotify playlist? Can you add my song? That that's better. Yeah, totally. I really like seeing with the analytics with Spotify, seeing like what playlist I end up on. My favorite one, I don't even know who it is. I think it's a girl, mm-hmm. but the playlist is called 
uh, crying while dancing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is on brand. Yes. She gets she you. She gets me. <laughs> yeah, little Robin ass. Yeah, yeah. So that you you see that level of detail, you see like what yeah. what playlists you get on, like how yeah. many. Is mm-hmm. Spotify the main thing that your stuff is? Well there's like, also Apple Music. Yeah, and, and, and mine's SoundCloud. on Apple Music too. I just feel like most people do Spotify now. Yeah. I don't I do put my music. stuff on SoundCloud. I have Orchid and Hound stuff is on SoundCloud, but I don't use it. Right. It might be on it. I don't know. I maybe it's distributed to everyone at once. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I thought SoundCloud was going under. I remember reading. I hope oh, not, because no. we stream off of that. They <laughs> we have to find a new platform then. But I don't I think they figured it out. I think like a few years ago. Maybe they, they got were, bought by somebody. Yeah. I, the thing I like about SoundCloud I mean, the revenue is that the, this is happening is generating for SoundCloud. They should be able to stay in business just from that. There you go. I do like on SoundCloud <laughs> that you can, like, share private files. I remember using that to, like, send people album demos and stuff. Mm, I didn't know you could do that. On Spotify. Yeah. yeah, SoundCloud, I think, to me, before we were on it, I was aware of it through, like musicians would have stuff you know on it and share stuff and yeah maybe send you a, a link to a private track yeah. or something like that that's the only reason i knew about it yeah does anyone use myspace anymore <laughs> what's funny is when i was working is at the label so i would it. i'd be the guy that would listen to all the demos that came in mm-hmm. and we wouldn't even put the cd in like first we would go to the band's myspace page and if they didn't have a thousand plays on one of their tracks we wouldn't even listen to it damn Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> MySpace. But that was back in the MySpace days, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it was just, now it would be like, oh, you don't have 100,000 plays? We're not going to listen to it. But back then, right. it was just 1,000. <laughs> I remember when my video hit like 20,000 on YouTube. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But saying that next to someone else, that's like, a million. oh, you haven't hit this. You haven't hit a mill. Remember when I got a K on Instagram? It was like, oh, you don't have an M? Like, you know, not that that stuff. Actually, it does matter. It does matter, but it's always going to be like that. It's always going to be that next tier step. Especially, I feel like living in LA, being an artist, there's like, it's a weird bubble that we live in because there's so many people trying to do that and you're you're not knocking elbows with people at all different levels. Yeah, and as I used to actually call, you know, all right, I'll talk about this. Um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I, I have this. Fr- I mean, I guess all the people I know are like performers in some way, mm-hmm. um, and I we sort of called them the K's, like like the gays that had a K on Instagram, and it seems oh, like yeah, they yeah, all yeah. like hung out together. And mm-hmm. um, I'd always make fun of my friend because it seemed like like at events he would. So you've exposed always yourself like, as a huge click queen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, always like go over to the case. But then I got a K and I was like, oh, I have to stop saying this now because I can't make fun of it now that I'm in that. So then when you like buy hundreds yeah. of the group. No. <laughs> Although I do feel like not the people that are really nice. Mostly I feel like everyone in sort of that world is a lot nicer than you think. Like, you might project, like, oh, they're shallow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people I noticed that, like, remembered my name. 
hmm. after after that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and it's like I really caught on to that. I was like, wow, some people super care. Like he, people would just look at you differently, yeah. validate, you, which it means nothing there, but. I think there are I, some it's such a that. weird world we live in because I really could care less, but feel required to participate in the you have to the sort of social media component of putting your art out there. It's a very odd thing. And there's I feel like there's right now there's no middle ground. Like you either have to be fully immersed in it or your art has to be so obscure, so underground that that's the thing that people are responding to like yeah. oh they're not even on social media you know yeah. like say like I don't know if you know Joanna Newsom but she plays a harp she me I love Joanna Newsom you're being real for years okay good yeah but look at yeah. her you know she's mm-hmm. so obscure yeah her tours are great sell out I saw her at Pitchfork years ago she's so incredible great. yeah but she's like one of those like her voice is strange her songwriting is strange she's not on so it'd be weird if she was on social media you know, right. it kind of ruined the, yeah, the totally. mystery of her. She is very mysterious in that way. God, her music's oh, Her good. concerts. If you haven't gone to a Joanna Newsom concert, like, definitely one of the best shows I've ever seen. And also, I feel like people that are into Joanna Newsom is a thing, too. Because you, you if you try to, like, show her to somebody, the initial reaction is like, this is an old grandma, I lady. think the first time I heard her, I hated it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what changed. I think that's the same with Bjork, too. Mm-hmm. Someone showed me um, the Cocoon music video, which is one of her stranger mm-hmm. ones, and I remember hating it. I remember not liking her yeah. voice. But then something changed, and I just became obsessed yeah. with both I mean, of them. With Bjork, you, you know, her stuff really varies in terms of its accessibility. I mean, some of it is just, like, noise. Yeah. Um, but then she has some beautiful haunting yeah. songs and I do I love she's probably one of my biggest influences <laughs> you know, so <laughs> under the influence um, but I do wish she would like come out with a pop song because she used to do pop you know yeah, yeah, and, and I know she's like probably she doesn't need to she can do what she wants but I kind of want her to especially now that everyone's doing electronic music mm-hmm. and like you were a pioneer of this you were making this when it, no one else was, I'm mm-hmm. like, come and show the children. Yeah, how to do it. How to do it. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, I have found Bjork a little inaccessible for my taste. I like I I like some of her stuff, but I generally skew towards more kind of happy upbeat things, which is something I really like about like Joanna Newsom's style because there is some sort of like. Um, I don't know. I mean, Joanna Newsom at all. So it's so naturally energetic and happy. She is her. She has like 13 minute songs. It's her and a, actually, it's mostly her and a harp, except her second album was um, arranged by Van Dyke Parks, and it's so fucking good. Um, I've said that word a lot. Is this podcast kind of not like swear? You can say whatever. You can literally say whatever. You Um, can say taint piercing. (laughs) Fisting. That's funny. Were we talking about that? Taint piercing recently? We we basically comes out every podcast. Oh, does it? (laughs) If you've ever heard the body bird about taint piercing. Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, actually, that's where it came up because I was recently listening to. It was another singer. Was it Derek? No. Was it. Uh, There's a girl. Oh, it's Patrice Quinn? Maddie Noyce. Yeah. The oh, very Maddie, first yeah. episode. Maddie Noyce. Yeah, it's like a running yeah. joke because I brought it up on the very first episode. And <laughs> then was worried about it, and then I was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. And I was like, Did that hurt? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did, and it was weird because, like, um... Is there, like, scar tissue there? Not really anything, no. But I got a, had to get on all fours, kind of, and, you know, like, my... John's your, all dangling your there, state. And then they, yeah, it was so. It was so. Felt so natural. I was like, "Yep." What else? How old are you? Perfect. Uh, I just moved to LA. I was twenty six. I just finished grad school, and I wanted to just do something. And I thought it was really sexy because I'd seen it before yeah. online, and just felt like I needed to do it. And had it in for like a year, and then I was like, "This sucks." I was like, "It, it gave me anxiety about sex sometimes because people would want to play with it, yeah, and, like, touch it." Well, and, that's interesting because anytime I hook up with a guy that has a piercing mm-hmm. in that region, I get nervous because I don't want to fuck it up. To fuck it up, like, yeah. I don't pull like it the out. entire time, I'm just visualizing like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, like, what's it gonna do inside of me? Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. And I'm sure, you know, I'm a hypochondriac, if, if, but I'm sure if that was an issue, you'd hear about it a lot more. I think so, but I've never... You're talking about, like, a Prince Albert. Yeah. Yeah, I I would be very apprehensive for somebody to, yeah. you know, put it in me with that. because I, I, was, like, I used to have a nipple ring, and I would be scared with people playing with that. You would? Which nipple? It was, right. I got this... I. I don't have any more, but that was like, an, I turned 18, I'm going to do what the fuck I want to do. Yeah, totally. I came a little bit later in life. I had to have my rebellious moment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I thought a nipple ring was I think super... nipple rings can yeah, be Yeah, actually, I've seen them on some people recently, and I'm like, I kind of wish I could. I like mine. the ring itself. The barbell doesn't really do yeah. it for me. Oh, no, I like that too. Oh, you do? Yeah, I think mine was just like a little barbell. I love the barbell. That was the only piercing that I've... I mean, I guess I only have my ears, but that I remember like your nose. Is oh, oh my god, I freaking. <laughs> it's hard to forget when you're. Uh, Honestly, <laughs> I've had this for so long, and it like blends into my face for me. But the nipple, I remember feeling like the adrenaline rush that people talk about. Yeah, yeah like yeah. afterwards, being like super hyper. When you actually got it. Yeah. Okay. I, it was like. How long did you have it in? Probably only a year. 16 hours. I remember the first time it fell out, I was too scared to put it back back in. in. Even though it was, like, fully healed, it just... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There's still, like, a little... You got a little bit of a a funny nipple moment. Yeah, I I guess. It's a little more puffy than the other one. Also, no one played with it. I mean, I was 18, though, so... Yeah, so you don't really, like, do as much. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone knew what they were doing. No one played with it? I would think they would. No. I would be the only one, and I actually remember I'd like forget that I'd just be like rubbing my nipple in public. <laughs> <laughs> do you like nipple play? Yeah. yeah. Me too. I do. I like doing it more on other people. Mm. Yeah. I think that's fun. I, I don't want, because some, some guys, and I get nervous with this too, like if you want it really hard, like you have to tell me because you're not going to go there. Yeah. No. And even when they want me to go there, I'm like, am I, this, this has got to be hurting. You're me. like, my forearms aren't strong enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also when I do it to someone else, I want to clarify, like, you like this, please don't do it to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can play with yeah, my nipples, yeah. but I'm more like. Sensual. Like lifetime movie, play with my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Less precinct. Not, yeah. nipples. Not totally hardcore. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Huh? 
Um, yeah, no, I love nipple play in both directions. Good, good. We never talked about nipple play on the pod. No, see, we're just first very... time. You're welcome, Jakarta. <laughs> so glad I could be here for that. Yeah. Is there anything else we? So the album is called Under the Influence, and it's going to be released. It's sh- end of September. End of September. Is that downtown LA festival? Is that the next time you're playing? Yeah. From now. Yeah. Do you have stuff booked after that or? No, I'm tr- actually I didn't. I wasn't planning on performing at Proud, and then they asked, and I said yes. But I I just really wanted to finish my album and. It's like a lot of work. And then plan and then, promotional. Yeah, push. and then my hard drive crashed with my album, so that also... Yes. What? Yeah. Did he lose stuff? N- no, I got it back, and it was all very expensive. Oh, yeah. Do you but watch his wasn't... Instagram story ever? Because the drama unfolded. Oh, I, I, like, that was my entire Instagram story for like a week. Um, and it oh, wasn't just my album. It was like every session, every Orkin and Hound session, sheet music, demos. It was like... My entire musical journey from the past. Did you have it backed up? No, because that the drive that crashed was supposed to be like the reliable one. Oh. Mm. Um, now I know that if you don't have it backed up in one place, it's like not having it backed up at all. And now I have it on a cloud as well. Um, so you have two spots that you're putting it now. Yeah. Good. Recommend that for anyone. Because it's not a matter of if your drive crashes, it's like, it's when. It will happen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. will happen. Yeah, we need some back our stuff up. Our, back, you, our stuff you, is in like four different spots. I mean, do you back it up? I worked in a computer lab for five years doing like, helping people with stuff, and so yeah. I think it's just been ingrained in me to just save everything everywhere all the time. I mean, Great. it was a total rookie move. I should have known. And actually, a week before, my, my friend, his phone like died, and he was talking about just losing his photos and stuff. And it, yeah. it sort of, I was like, oh, I should, I should. But all those dick pics. <laughs> right. And honestly, I would be okay with losing <laughs> photos and memories because, like, you still have that in your mind. You know, like, yeah. some music stuff, like, you can try and recreate it, but it's just not going to be the same. No, I mean, your work, my God, you need that. Yeah, and I went to a few different places that are just, like, kind of standard data recovery services, and none of them could work could fix it a lot of them were like no it's it's done but then one person was like well there's this other company that like works with the FBI <laughs> that they like recover files that are unrecoverable and so they did it Thank for God. a lot of money for a lot of money yeah I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna hire the, the best money I ever spent in my music career was on um, a PR person like I feel like now you can manage yourself, you can book things yourself, but having a PR person is like essential yeah. for a release. You just get so much further than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I spent that money, I was like, well, I, you know. What do they do? They do like a, a social media campaign? Like, what do they do? Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you they, don't have that, or they you're put, paying basically for relationships. You know, hopefully so they, they have relationships with So they get, like, HuffPo, or they get, like, someone yeah. to, like, listen to. So I, I had a PR person for Can't Let You Go, and it was the first time I did that. And before that, it would be me literally writing an email to all these people feeling sort of, like, weird super about weird about it. Like, 
most of the time lying, especially to blogs. Like, love your blog, read it all the time. You know, you just like... And the thing is, with, with that, is like, at the end of the day, like, even if they're getting a pitch from a big PR person, they're more inclined to share it if they already like it. Or if someone they trust... sent them them something and be like listen to this it's really good Um, and with Can Let You Go you know people at Billboard talked about it HuffPo talked about it like it was totally worth it yeah and I've sent my stuff to those places before and gotten like zero yeah yeah nice Um, so for any aspiring artist I think save your dollar for that Good to know. Yeah. It's worth it. That's making me think we should have a PR person. It's totally worth it. I mean, it, sometimes it can be expensive, but I think in the world we live in, like, networking and relationships are everything. Everything. In a way, it's a little easier, because especially being gay, I feel like we have an advantage, because, like, you can just go to Summer Tramp and, like, <laughs> seal a deal on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just sure. like... There is five drinks in network. and you're just like oh you work at this place and then you got a relationship you know yeah. um, but I think it is worth it yeah actually no one get no one get a PR person we don't I don't need more don't get a PR person just go to summer tram don't need competition <laughs> yeah just, just do that <laughs> I'm telling you my secrets so it's called under the influence and it's yes. going to be coming out quite soon. Look out for the hounds under the influence. Yes. I mean, I haven't finalized the cover, so I guess the, the title could essentially change if I decide. Just look for the now. hounds. The but currently titled. I think that is, it's been like that forever. Uh, I originally was just going to do a covers album mm-hmm. after Can't Let You Go, because that's what I was doing at clubs. I was just doing covers. Right. Um... The but new material it, you should put out because it's well, really but then good. it like formed really into like other it. like that stuff, and I kind of liked the idea of half and half, like especially as sort of a new, not that I'm a new artist, but I'm a new solo artist, and I kind of liked this like this is where I came from, these are my inspirations, yeah. and this it's is like what it has piece. sort of come out like this is the recipe for like these other original songs that I have. Yeah, it's a good narrative. Or, yeah. Yeah. And I'd love for people to associate me with all those other people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or even expose people to, like, Barbara Streisand sure. or Bjork. And I think a lot of those other... Or Kate Bush. There have been so many times I've performed Running Up That Hill at clubs, and a lot of people think it's my own song. Mm. Um, and I think and you're like, yes, it is, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I wish. But I think with a lot of those songs in particular, like I also cover Britney and that's different, but yeah. I think with a lot of those songs in particular, a lot of the times it's the voices of the artists that sometimes people don't, like it's too obscure mm. or it's not like poppy enough, like it's not accessible enough or they think, oh, it's too musical theater or something, even though I love it. I just like, I, I hope that whoever listens to it all ten people, like maybe go and watch a Barbara Streisand special. Have you or, ever heard yeah. of um, Kiki and Herb or Justin yeah. and Bond? Yeah, Their, Kiki and Herb's version of, of Running Up That Hill is the oh, I my heard favorite. It. You can see it on YouTube. Oh, I'll watch it. Um, it's so good. Uh, I haven't seen that either. I have to check it out. You know, Kate Bush was the first person to have 
the stage mic, the Britney stage mic. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? On her, like, one and only tour that she did. Yeah. Interesting. Like, that could never happen now. She is... You couldn't just release an album and not tour with it. But she did her whole career. (laughs) I'm jealous of that. Brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. That was another artist that the first time I heard it, I didn't love her instantly. And then, I think it was Running Up That Hill... And it sort of was like, because at the time I was already obsessed with Bjork and then someone played BK Bush and I was like, oh, this was the precursor to all these other artists mm, that I love, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Tori and sure. Bjork and all. Like she, she was doing obscure pop when it was not a thing. Popular, you know? Yeah, a friend of mine choreographed something to her song. I think it's called like Man, Child, Woman or something like oh. that. Um, but, but I mean the lyric is like a, the man with a child in his eyes oh um, that's, the, that's the name of the song a man with a child that's what it, oh, the, yeah. I guess my friend's piece was called man child woman or something like that um, but Kate Bush is that kind of artist that inspires people to create something to it and totally she just, this piece was, was such a beautiful dance that she made to that I think um, like what C is doing and Ryan With Huffington Ryan Huffington, who's like, a good friend of mine. Seeing, seeing his rise has been so, down. so inspiring, you mm-hmm. know? And, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's what they're doing, it's a dream team, and, and I think it is definitely, like, Kate Bush-esque style, you know, where it's, yeah. it's very modern. It's, it's he, modern dance. It's, he was part of this dance company called Hysterica Dance Company, and that's what I was just talking about, um, Kitty McNamee's company, and... Um, he lived in her living room uh, or dining room on a, a Murphy bed and was just like making making dance, making art, painting, you know, designing clothes. Yeah. His creativity was just exploding out of that bungalow. Mm. Um, and now he is... Yeah, like now if you don't have Ryan Heffington for a music video, you're doing something that's like inspired and he's by doing that. film yeah. and television yeah and his stuff is huge, everywhere huge. I, it's one of those like pose. la stories pose. he did he did pose oh he did he did the oh pilot God. of pose i think like his story is such a great and and i see this a lot in people uh it's just as as cliche as la can be there are these times when it's just like if you don't give up and it was actually just it, was, it was yeah. through Ryan also Kitty but especially Ryan he used he and Bubba Carr used to have a dance company called Psycho Dance Show and they would just perform in like these totally like underground venues somewhere downtown with other you know choreographers doing like crazy yeah. out there stuff that was just so, and it just showed me like there's a community of artists here in Los Angeles that are doing incredible things. Yeah. You know, which which the Hound is very much part of. Well, you are. <laughs> you're amazing. Few, few, amazing. Like, amazing. Total amazing. pegs down. Not after <laughs> September. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe one of those L.A. stories will happen and it's like... Yeah. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, I can't get back to him. I'm so busy. <laughs> Cool. Well, we got awesome. you on your way up, the Hound. Yeah. So people can follow you at the Hound. The Hound on Instagram. Just go to thehoundmusic.com for everything else. Do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah, the Hound Music. I think there. Okay. Yeah. 
Cool. Perfect. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you so much for being on our episode. Thanks for having me. I think I I was like, I asked. Yeah. I, I think I hate you. I was, I, was like, I was kind of tipsy. And I was like, so how come you've never asked me to be on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how many so people are like just someone, knocking so down my door. Thank you for, for that's like, giving me That's like wish. someone coming up to you and saying like, you're the wolf. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I think that it was a mutual thing. I think we were talking and I was like, well, I want you on the podcast. And you were like, I want you. I, I think I asked you. All right, sure. <laughs> well, let, let, let's uh, leave that. If you want to be on the pod, you know, ask just me ask. shall receive. Yeah. Or you send us a just Gmail. Slide into those DMs. Slide into my DM, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, enough, enough. Send, get five stars, a comment, anything. Cool, thank you. All right, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.